Hey, it's Avishak, and you're listening to the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where our goal is to discover the deepest truths about health, bust myths, connect to nature, and figure out what kind of ice cream we're allowed to eat. So I hope your curiosity is as strong as my sweet tooth, because there are a ton of questions to be asking. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Let's talk about body positivity. Body positivity is an idea that I used to wholly espouse several years ago, back in 2012, 2013, when I, for the first time, escaped diet culture, which is also a term that needs to be elaborated. But I didn't know many of the things I know now, and currently I cannot endorse the body positivity movement and that's going to be the subject of this episode. So I have about six or seven points I want to run you through uh, explaining my position here and why why I think this episode is really important is because ultimately my biggest goal for my audience, for listeners, YouTube watchers, blog readers, and so on, is that we promote ideas that are objectively true, even though there's always a little bit of subjectivity in science and in, in discovery, but also ideas that actually promote health, ideas that take you to a place of vibrancy. That's what's really lacking in, in the U.S., um, and this is kind of a tangent now, but a lot of diseases aren't what they seem, uh, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. It's not just high blood pressure. It's not just high cholesterol. There's something else happening at, at the core of the individual that is affecting their health, and it's 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 not the only thing they're suffering from. So we have this um, habit of defining things with precise words and, and labels, but it doesn't encapsulate the holistic experience, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So the first reason why body positivity, uh, I have an issue with it, is that positivity itself has become this idea that is associated with universal good, and negativity is always seen as a bad thing. You've heard slogans such as positive vibes only. Um, it's, it's It's also a form of ignorance, actually, because we need negativity and we need positivity in about a 50-50 ratio, I would estimate. Now, this doesn't mean that being negative is always is good, but being positive always is not good. That's, that, that's kind of my most important point. And the best way I think I can illustrate that to you is by uh, having you visualize laughing yoga. If you've ever seen laughing yoga, laughing yoga is this practice where you force yourself into laughter and use that kind of contagious element of laughter to promote more laughter. And it doesn't change anything at people's core, but what it can do over time, just like any diet or any belief system, is it can have people believe falsely that being in that kind of a state is is better. And I think societally it's it's seen as a better thing if people are happy and laughing and and jovial but laughing yoga 
some people who do it, it it's like they're forcing themselves into this state and the only health benefits they're going to experience are those caused by the mind creating some effect on the body the psyche psychosomatic kind of relationship the mind body relationship as well as a mild amount of endorphins and such released from laughing uh, I th i'd say you can probably get the same health benefit from you know taking a cold shower like a cold shower doesn't cure disease but it is an, an important element and an important tool in the overall uh, arsenal of healing tools for for treating disease and for some people laughing yoga may be the cure may i mean may be a tool but in other cases it's like if you're if you have to force yourself to laugh a lot and it's always forced then something's missing because you know for most people you should be able to naturally you know laugh um you know a depressed imagine someone with major depressive disorder doing laughing yoga. I don't think that could um, treat the problem effectively because there's some major underlying issue and kind of forcing something out of them that you think is positive isn't the way to go. So negativity is the complementary um, aspect to positivity and we need negativity to understand what we like. So say you step on a nail that shouldn't be a positive experience for you. That should be a negative experience for you. And now you know next time to, you know, walk a little more carefully. And this is something that would probably happen to someone who's very young, not paying attention, learning to walk. Um, and it, it's, it's not meant to be positive. I mean, babies aren't laughing when they get hurt. They're crying. And uh, this teaches them valuable lessons. So that's the first problem with body positivity is that why are you forcing yourself to be positive about everything? And the best example of this I can think of is Tess Holiday because she's so extreme. If you don't know who Tess Holiday is, her BMI I would estimate is around 50 or so. She is one of the large he she is the largest model. A Cosmopolitan magazine calls her a supermodel. I don't know if that is correct according to other sources but she certainly is a, a model i guess um in in her profession i mean she she lives by the camera the video um that th that's people don't often realize what they see it's like people put up an act as well sometimes in front of a camera which is which is point the next point where i'm going to get to but how can you force if you force that image to be a positive image you're not in the in the in the realm of reality because you're not realizing that okay this person is quite large and at the same time she is extremely happy about it and trying to convince other people that this this is okay this is a beautiful thing this is this is a healthy thing um you know for until i see her blood work i i don't think she's healthy and considering that her fat deposition is is pretty much everywhere on her body not not just on the hips and thighs the healthy areas but pretty much everywhere um you know my first instinct is definitely to think that she is very unhealthy now um so with body positivity we might say okay this is okay this is good but what we're doing is we're shutting down that instinctual primal evolutionarily conserved part of us that cannot be changed. Body positivity cannot change our brains. 
because the brain has evolved to detect fertility in the process of selecting a mate, in finding someone attractive, of finding a partner, whatever. You're not designed to override that response. You're designed to just go with the flow. And so for a lot of men trying to understand this body positivity movement, their flow is more like, it's very obvious. It's like, it's, it's just either attractive or it's not attractive. Um, and so for most men, the idea of body positivity is repulsive because it's challenging their brain and it's changing the landscape where more and more women who aren't seen as suitable partners based on their perceived fertility status. Of course, it's arguable whether or not how much of that we can perceive, but a lot of it we can. Um, it's changing, and it's not something that is going to be seen as a positive thing. I think it's meant to be seen as a negative thing. It's why the obesity epidemic, it's considered an epidemic and a crisis. It's not considered you know, a festival, the obesity festival. Uh, the obesity obesity gala, those, those aren't the words we use to describe this because with obesity, we have clearly seen um, increased risk of diabetes, increased risk of heart disease, cancer, and overall death from pretty much any cause. Now, obviously, there is such a thing as healthy obesity. There are people with a BMI over 30. And first of all, the idea that normal weight is below a BMI of 25 I think that is a bit problematic as well. I think uh, I think it should be below 27, but it's just an arbitrary number. And you can have a BMI above 30 and have perfectly healthy lipids and everything can be perfectly healthy. The hormones can be in balance. And this is because it's the type of fat in the body that contributes to um, the issue that obesity causes. And it's the visceral fat, the fat surrounding your organs that release inflammatory molecules such as cytokines, TNF-alpha, uh, interleukin-6. These are secreted by macrophages, which are the kind of the garbage dump white blood cell in the body that are present in adipose tissue. So adipose tissue actually contains white blood cells. And uh, in the in the obese, they're they're going to be secreting their fat cells and, and the macrophages secrete more of these inflammatory molecules. And so this this actually antagonizes insulin. It, it does all kinds of things that have been studied um, to not be positive in any shape or form. So body positivity. I mean, you can, you shouldn't be positive about those kinds of things. So as we change more and more, what's also happening now is we, we, we have entered a very PC kind of culture where only certain opinions, as I said earlier, positivity is very accepted. Negativity is frowned upon, even though everyone is negative. Uh, you know, all the people who act very positive, we, they all have negative sides. We all have negative sides, and it's meant to inform the positive. So we're in a very PC culture, and I think what's happening is we're trying to just not hurt people's feelings, and as a result, the idea of the, basically ignorance is winning out. So you can you know convince yourself that, okay, no, uh, I'm body positive, I'm perfectly normal and healthy, when at a fundamental level, due to our, our toxic food supply, 
um, physical inactivity, and other risk factors, um, people are changing. It's driving up healthcare costs. The typical American is not healthy. They have a lot of health issues. The typical employee at, at a company working, working a nine to five job has a lot of health issues. Um, and it's why, why these companies have, uh, have programs and, and corporate wellness is a huge thing because the health of the employee is, is good for the company because then the, the employee can work, work at, better without getting sick. So, um, when our, when the health of this, of everybody is becoming affected, it, it, it actually negatively affects society as well. And we pay for it, especially in America, where we pay way too much for healthcare. We spend so much, and we don't really get um, any healthier as a result. So, by creating this false narrative that you know you can be great, uh, you can be perfectly healthy, you can be beautiful, you can have you know an amazing husband if that's your goal, despite having visceral obesity, despite deviating from from a physique from a form from from a health that is part of your destiny as a human being meaning meaning that i think it's part of your destiny to achieve optimal health because you experience the best life when everything is in check and you're experiencing vibrancy um when people believe that it's it it's it's just not telling them the truth. So what I've seen when I used to be on Instagram, which was literally three months ago, was a lot of women sharing these ideas on social media, suggesting that you can be beautiful if you are objectively fat, that um, you know it shouldn't define your success, that that all bodies are beautiful. Um, the other one is there. You can be healthy at any size, the H-A-E-S, health at every size concept. Um, and what ended up happening is, you know, people post these photos, all their friends and other women, universally women, like the photo, and it makes them think that this this is happening, that that, that, that this, is a, this is like a movement, it's a thing. When it's actually just a bubble, even though you're on the internet sharing things with the world, you're in an enclosed space where only certain people agree with your ideas and they, they all tend to be women. Furthermore, there were a lot of women promoting body positivity who the movement wasn't originally for. I think the movement was for people who were obese and weren't treated right by physicians. They were judged based on their their obesity status. And there were a lot of lifestyle factors that doctors couldn't fix. I mean, it's like doctors can't fix this issue. Nutritionists aren't doing the best job of fixing obesity as, a, as an issue either. And since this, since this issue has been growing and growing and the food supply has been terrible for a long time, a lot of obesity is actually um, being propagated by our genes. We don't have the best genes anymore. And um, this, this is hard to deal with. It's hard to accept the fact that you have crappy genes because that's not positive, right? So it's better for people to think that everything's okay when, when they're not, that they deserve everything. They deserve the, the, the boyfriend they want, even when, when you know, in most, most people would agree they're not entitled to that. But it's creating this thing where women, especially women, 
feel like they are entitled to the same privileges as far as dating and and acceptance everybody should accept them despite the fact that that evolutionary brain doesn't see them that way it sees them as you know okay something is slightly off here you know with 10 less pounds you'd be you'd, you'd be better and these are truths that a lot of people think are mean but i don't think they're mean at all because i think it's up to us to be able to accept ideas that are good for us even if they offend us um it's just kind of shocking that people today students in this pc culture we we want to get offended by things and we're reinforcing that and this perception is making making the body positivity tumble downhill as well because it's trying to um enforce what others deem beautiful you know in surveys in psychological surveys or, or surveys where they do studies on attraction where you know people rate images um th- they're pretty clear about what they like it- it's like you you can't have super high levels of body fat and you can't be anorexic you have to be within a certain range so the body positive movement isn't changing the results on these studies that clearly show that okay we can detect how fat you are from your face facial adiposity and we there's there's these evolutionary signals and it is really hard to talk about because it does make the 99% of people seem imperfect. And a lot of us don't want to think about those things because it, it, it brings up insecurities and all that. Um, so body positivity is actually great because it helps you uh, be confident, but you don't really need the body positivity movement to know how to do that. That's more of like a, a choice I believe you can make um, and and reinforce over time through your behaviors and attitudes and, and actions. Okay, so I talked about uh, attention. Attention is something I really want to get to. So we're on social media. Um, it, it, young kids are living on social media, and it's changing the way they see the world. And a lot of people put value in social media and think that the number of likes they get on Instagram, um, the validation they get from their peers, from other people around the world is a sign that they're doing something right. And, you know, what do we see, you know, most young women on Instagram, not most, but a lot, they, it's like a, like a portfolio. It's like there, it's like a life resume. So you got to have some pictures with your girlfriends and maybe with a boyfriend, maybe at the beach. And it's like, it, it's like, a, it's, it's hard to, it's like almost like a career in a, in a, in a sense, but it's not because it's so casual but, but it's like a thing that people are doing. So I think when, um, you know, only models get millions and millions of followers, people who, women who aren't models, but aren't fat, they are taking up this movement. And in my opinion, I think they're doing it to compete with those other women. And they're creating like an alternative model where they can be successful by creating this new bubble and this is the bubble of body positivity for thin women. Now, these women, I think they're thin. I think they're, I would say better characterize them as normal, but some of them actually are thin women who have no need to talk about body positivity, but they seek, uh, they, they use social media to 
almost complain or they they bring up the past where they they were afraid of how they were fat and they would be perceived like issues that teenagers go through but they relive the experiences on social media with the purpose of uh, of trying to promote positivity and help people overcome these issues and i think in some cases they're valuable conversations in other cases it seems almost like it's it's just like an act like people are complaining and having been on Instagram in the past and now being off it for a while, I know that a lot of it is an act because you you have to like put up an image and it has to be very catchy to get likes. It has to be a really good image. And then if you have a caption, if you have a good story, it's going to get more likes. And people do this every single day. And it creates this attitude where we're not really depicting reality. We're taking some something and trying to make it extraordinary every single time and when i see the people in the body positivity movement do that the the thin girls um, who have no need for body positivity who all have boyfriends and are happy and have a happy life but they still complain about how they're not good enough and how they have these thoughts in their mind what i see is someone who has gotten caught up in this world of attention seeking online specifically and created a way for them to receive that attention um, without resorting to being a model. And this is just my opinion, um, but I do think, and I, I, I just don't recommend being on the app uh, because I do not think it's healthy. Like I can't imagine for the next 40 years of my life promoting, uh, stop being confused about health, promoting my life on Instagram. Like. I guess I'd be okay if someone else did it for me. If someone else, you know, took pictures of flowers and stuff and maybe in the future I'll create a stopping and fees about health Instagram again and have a manager do that. But I can't imagine myself on there. And that's a health decision because you're just bombarded. Just you're bombarded with stuff. And, you know, it, it social media is, is actually like crack for a lot of people because they want that attention, but it's a certain kind of attention. I think people get caught up in it. So I think body positivity, a lot of it, if it wasn't for social media, it wouldn't exist as much because people wouldn't be trying to, because at, because while people promote body positivity, they're trying to gain attention. That's the most important part. Um, and I don't know if they're actually promoting body positivity or just trying to boost their clout in a, in, a, in a new way by creating this model where you don't have to have the perfect body. You can have an average body and still be attractive. And that is true. That is absolutely true. But do you need to use social media to talk about your how you're insecure about your body all the time? Like, why do you need? I don't understand. But it's part of their brand. It's, it's what people do. So um, now the next point I want to talk about, which is really important, is the double standard in body positivity. So there was a shirt, um, some shirt was created that was basically fat shaming people. It was like, um, if you're fat, you can't, you can't, let me, let me pull it up. It's, um, I'm not, wait, being fat is not beautiful. It's an excuse. So this was a shirt that was actually recently created a sweater and a young thin model is wearing the sweater. Um, somebody posted it on their Instagram and was like, update this collection has been pulled and it's no longer on the market this is not okay um it's not okay to to believe that being fat is not beautiful 
that's now okay so let me ask you something if we look at like the top models male models let's ask if they were all 30 pounds heavier would they be as beautiful the answer is no um, you know if you don't know much about male models just google david gandy he is a lot of people think he's like one of the best models ever he's he's definitely i think he's like the highest paid male model or something like that um so anyway this this dude uh is is very slim he's got abs he's got a very good body now even if he was 20 pounds overweight this would change his face his face wouldn't be as chiseled so um a woman continually tell us that we can they can be fat and be beautiful but I don't know if they would hold men to that same standard. I think that they want men to be a certain way, and men certainly have so much pressure, a lot of them. I mean, I don't because I don't care, and I, uh, that's, that's kind of getting into a different tangent, but there's so many aspects of attraction that people don't really know about if they're focused on image, like behaviors, like energy, and stuff like that. But a lot of men who don't know that stuff, they are so focused on the image and the body. And, you know, many men have good genetics. I didn't have that. Uh, growing up, I was pretty, I was a little chubby and had gynecomastia, as some of you know. Um, but that, you know, many men have a normal body. You play sports, you have a normal, lean body. No one is asking them to, no one's asking us to enforce, or I, I should say, we're not trying to convince other people that even if we're fat, we're beautiful. I mean, we know that we look better with the v-shape and, and and like a six-pack okay this is there's there's evolutionary reasons for that okay and you don't have to have a six-pack to be hot um, but you do need to have a v-shape to be attractive as a guy you need that now for a woman the hourglass figure is the manifestation of estrogen and that is beautiful cross-culturally so i think if you want to think that being fat is not beautiful, that's totally okay, because it's true in a lot of cases. Um, but there is a range of body fat at which women can be very fertile and attractive. And I think the issue is when women just see models, like thin models that look like they're starving on Instagram, on, on magazines, then they don't know what's attractive. And I do have a problem with that because the average body fat is the perfect body fat in terms of attraction. Uh, attractiveness in my opinion for a woman so that's 20 to 25 percent or so but a lot of these models they're they are way too skinny and i don't know how that ever got popular because it just just doesn't make any sense to me so there are double standards and what we're seeing now is more women who are overweight dating thin men with muscles and and so on and if this continues um, and they have children i do think the genes fundamentally will be changed and we will, their kids will definitely have different preferences. They, they will grow up, say they have a son, fat mom, thin guy. They might have a son that prefers obese woman. That might actually happen. So the entire fabric of society will start to change. But for the most part, that's, that's, going to, that's just not going to happen because the evolutionarily conserved mating rituals the, the the process is conserved. So men like certain things, women like certain things, and um, that's just how it works. That's how it's going to work. Um, okay, so the last two things I want to talk about is there's there's um, a victimhood mentality in body positivity that 
uh, doesn't make sense to me. And I think it's because I'm a man. I'm not sure. I mean, men can be victims too, but we have more of this attitude that, you know, we're going to fight through things. Women have more of this attitude. They're going to, I mean, women cry, women fight too, but they cry more, right? And I don't know why, what genes or evolutionary purpose crying serves. Maybe it like helps drive sympathy, which helps give them resources. But this, uh, a lot of the women in the body positivity movement have this attitude where they feel like diet culture, they were a victim of diet culture. When the reality is they participated in it and they participated in it unknowingly. And yeah, it might've caused some emotional issues. For me, I participated in it and I take responsibility for that. And I've learned some valuable lessons and I don't, consider myself a victim of diet culture. I was born into it. It was already happening. And because of my body, I decided it needed to be changed. And I participated in it. And I still do. I mean, I'm trying to lose 10 pounds. I've already lost like seven pounds over the past few months. And it's it's stabilized. I'm trying to get another seven to eight pounds and stabilize my set point at that level but it hasn't budged in a, in a, in a couple months. So it's going to, it's going to take something else. Um, but I don't I don't have the victimhood mentality. See these people there, they think that, you know, you can't diet anymore. As soon as you try to lose weight, you are going back into diet culture and it's like a bad thing. So for a lot of women, women tend to be more emotional, right? They make their decisions emotionally. So I think they need to find a way to be able to pursue health without having to put some emotional uh, emphasis on it where where the body is involved, where they're focused more on just improving the overall health, the energy, and if the body changes as well, that's important. So I, I would recommend meditation because this can help sep- separate your emotions from from your actions a little bit better. Um, and so as a result of this victimhood mentality, there's a lot of projection going on in, in the body positivity movement where, um, and this, this is why I can't espouse it, why I can't endorse it because it's, it's very much aligned with feminism and, and leftist, uh, uh, leftist ideology that's going around today where it, I don't know, it's just changing. It's affecting everything. It's changing men. It's making men less masculine. So, you know, women are becoming more masculine as a result, and men are becoming more feminine and lowering their testosterone levels. So it's just like, uh, I don't know, the the victimhood mentality causes them to, I think it's why they look down upon weight loss, because they feel like if, if I try to lose weight again, I'm going to get back into the cycle of hating my body. But there's definitely a way to look at yourself in the mirror and, uh, you know, pinch a few fat rolls and be like, okay, I want to remove this 10%. I want to lose 10% of my body weight. Actually, that's a lot. Let's say 5%. I want to lose 5% of my body weight within the next three months. Um, And I'm going to be happy as I do it. A lot of people would consider that body positivity too. I just consider it, you know, being being confident, having a goal and being focused. Um, So there's different words that people are using. And the words body positivity convey an attitude that is messed up and unhealthy. Um, victimhood mentality is messed up. And they, they, like I talked about on Instagram, on social media, they relive this victimhood mindset to gain an audience. And it's not boosting anybody's mor- morals. I mean, I mean, morale. Morale is what I meant to say. 
it's not it's not you know uplifting people in my opinion because it's having them think within a bubble so ultimately diet culture in my opinion involves having a very strong belief system that's what all diets have in common whether it's paleo raw vegan whatever it is keto intermittent fasting they all have belief systems some of these belief systems have more historical context than others like intermittent fasting is something that is not only cross-cultural i mean it's it's seen across species it's pretty insane it's it's like a evolutionarily conserved thing and it upregulates and changes genes that so many organisms have the genes that are related to survival and longevity so intermittent fasting is certainly a very healthy thing for a lot of people um but raw veganism paleo these these have entire books and and uh, leaders behind them just like religions do and body positivity is no different intuitive eating is no different this whole anti-diet movement is no different because they've replaced the old beliefs with new beliefs that happen to go against them but they're still very strong beliefs and if you deviate from those beliefs you can't be part of that group so the only way to ultimately escape all of that is to be in a complete state of flow where you can embrace any truth that comes without labels or having to create some kind of odd bubble around it and having people agree with you within this bubble and not realizing that the majority of people don't agree with you at all. The majority of people don't think Tess Holliday is hot because she is very rotund um, and that's not going to change. I don't think it can change because it would require who we are as humans fundamentally to change. And who we are as humans, we're not meant to be, you know, that overweight. It's just not part of our our, our nature. Um, so body positivity thus is trying to fight nature. And it is very negative, actually. It's not very positive. It's very negative because it's trying to enforce what other people think and it they get upset when people don't think what they want them to think and this is all because they're fighting something that can't be fought because it's it's within us within our our humanity so i think to conclude what we really need to do is to embrace and understand our humanity and align our actions our, our diet and our actions and lifestyle behaviors with that which brings out as much of this humanity as possible as much of our and i think by doing that we are going to be the healthiest versions of ourselves um and i think that's kind of abstract so let me clarify by humanity i mean the the stuff that's inside of us that we see uh the stuff that's inside of us that is 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 obviously evolutionarily conserved that's that we've evolved to to have so our tastes for example is a good one right we have you know f at least five different tastes our foods should provide those tastes and this is what chinese medicine and ayurveda did um you know inside of us are our genes are um we have x chromosomes and y chromosomes and if you're a man, you might have certain certain attitudes, and that needs to be brought out. So a lot of leftist culture is actually attacking 
that uh, that pattern that's rooted in our biology. Uh, not everything in our humanity should be brought out. There are some negative things that aren't socially acceptable. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I think, I think we look down upon primitive societies. And I think they did a lot of stuff that was healthy, not just for them, but also the environment. Of course, there were other primitive societies that definitely had shorter lifespans and, and were miserable. So uh, this is the type of discussion I am fascinated by. And I think any discussion that's trying to defy nature is scary to me because it's taking us to a to a future where we're going to have to eat artificial food, rely on artificial intelligence, not think for ourselves anymore. We're going to merge with AI. And that's not a future I want. I want a future where we're farming, where we're on our feet, where our, our feet are dirty from being in the soil. We don't rely on pharmaceutical medications. We have access to natural medicines. We have access to really good food that's not sprayed with glyphosate. Um, that's the future I want to see that I think would would completely change the majority of disease in this country. So that's all I have to say for today, guys. Um, you know, if you have any questions about this, feel free to comment, shoot me an email or whatever, and I'll talk to you guys next time.